and welcome to episode 357 of the Ask the Coach show where Ping Skills answers your table tennis questions. I'm Jeff Plum and as always I'm joined by super coach Alois Rosario. Welcome Alois. Well, thank you very much, Jeff, and uh, I'm surprised you remembered my name. It's been a while. It has been a long time, hasn't it? <laughs> it has been a while, but uh, there's been a few things happening in the world, and hopefully, yeah. hopefully things are starting to, starting to settle down a bit, and uh, we can do lots more Ask the Coach shows. Yes, indeed. Yeah. I mean, things have changed a lot in the world, haven't they? It's bizarre. Yeah, and uh, in 18... 20 months that there there has been a lot happening and if you think you know it all started like just last year but yeah uh, it feels like a bit longer than that doesn't it but you know table tennis is still going on which is great and you know and, and hopefully um, a lot of you are getting back into your clubs and getting a chance to play and you know it'd be interesting to just hear your stories of how you got through um, all of those uh, months and uh, you know some of you we, we've got lots of messages from um, from our readers saying, well, we just did, haven't had a chance to play table tennis at all. Um, yeah. you know, it's been pretty tough. It has, hasn't it? Um, and you know, this uh, just in table tennis, a lot's happened since we've uh, last had a show too. I mean, you alloys went to the Paralympics. Yes, that was uh, yeah, that was in Tokyo, and um, yeah, it was in August this year. And, uh, gee, that also seems like a long time away. And, um, <laughs> it, yeah, it would be a great experience to uh, to be able to go to the Paralympics and coach at the Paralympics. And, um, uh, you know. And Australia did exceptionally well. Yes. The, yeah, the Australian team uh, did extremely well, winning uh, their, their biggest medal haul ever. So two gold medals and four silver medals. And, wow. um, yeah, some really great results for the, uh, for the Australian team. But, yeah. Um, just really good to see the level of competition at the Paralympics now. I mean that the the level just keeps getting better and better. It's uh, it's quite mm. amazing. And if you haven't had a chance to watch any of the Paralympic um, events, get on it and just have a look because uh, I'm sure you will be amazed. Yeah, and it did seem like it was um, like a, a friendly games. Like everyone seemed just. Really pleased to be there. I mean, competing hard, obviously, but it seemed like a lot of respect between all the different countries. Is that, is that yeah. what it felt like when you were there? Yeah, definitely did. And um, I mean, para, the para events tend to be a little bit more like that. Um, mm. You know, the, um, as you said, you know, fierce competition on the table, but uh, lots of respect for each other, and um, and just great to see. Uh, just as I said, the level of uh, of skill now that's really de developing in para table tennis around the world. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Oh well, what what an experience. Uh, yeah, must have yeah. been great. Certainly was. Yes, and um, it had to do a couple of weeks of lockdown uh, or not lockdown quarantine when we got home uh, in in a hotel by uh, by myself in a room locked up uh, for two weeks, and uh, in the in the interim, they threw in an earthquake in Melbourne, the, our first earthquake I can remember forever. So, uh, so that was that was also interesting. But yes, that was interesting, wasn't it? The earthquake. I was just at home, and there yeah, the whole um, building was shaking. At first, I thought I didn't know what it was, and it just kept on going. Like I'm, I mean, it lasted about thirty seconds, I think. But um, yeah, it took me a while to realise, oh, that must be an earthquake, because I'd never experienced anything like that either. 
No, it's uh, yeah, and for for some of you around the world, you're probably thinking, oh, what are these guys worried about? But um, yeah, for for us here in Melbourne, it's uh, definitely not a common occurrence, and um, yeah, it was uh, it, and, did, and it did make the news. Yeah, it made the news, and I think they overplayed it a bit. On the news, they showed there was like one really old building near the city that that you know it was, a few of the bricks had fallen off, so it looked like it was like this big mess of rubble and. On the news, it looked terrible, but that was like there was only one building that fell down. I don't think anyone was injured, um, but I mean, it's still a bit scary. But yeah, compared to like other earthquakes that you hear about, much more serious consequences. Um, yeah, I think we were pretty lucky, really. We were, yes, indeed. <laughs> but hopefully, you've uh, you out there have got through all of this and no earthquakes to report, and just uh, hopefully some really good table tennis happening. Yeah, absolutely. Get back into it. Just like we're going to get back into it, Alois. Yes, indeed. And, you know, I've I've actually been looking forward to uh, to hearing your joke of the day, Jeff. It's <laughs> been so long. Yeah, well, Alois. Yes. Why can't a nose be 12 inches long? Uh, because it you'd be Pinocchio. I'm not sure. <laughs> No, it can't be 12 inches long, Alois, because then it would be a foot. <laughs> You've missed the jokes, haven't you? Mild, mild, mildly amusing, Jeff. Oh, dear. And, you know, I get a bit of seasickness, but it, it comes in waves. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm on a roll. It's good. I, I think I'm going to stop while I'm ahead. Well, and, you should definitely stop. I agree with that. <laughs> All right. Now, what happened, Alois, on this day? Well, sort of on this day, in a couple of days, um, it's actually Du Hoi Kim's birthday. Du Hoi Kim, a Hong Kong table tennis player, and she is going to be 25 years old. Um, not very old, and I've seen her around for quite a few years, and gee, she, she's a really impressive player, a player that I really like, the her style. She's uh, very attacking, you know, very calm, cool. Um, yeah, top spins well on both sides. Um, but uh, yes, uh, Du Hoi Kim turning 25 in a couple of days and currently playing at the World Championships. And, uh, and uh, well, tomorrow our time, but uh, yeah, the 25th in, in the US, um, she's going to be playing in the round of 64. So, uh so we'll be watching out for Du Hoi Kim, see if uh, if there's any uh, birthday cake uh, there to celebrate. And unfortunately, one well, not unfortunately, she's she's up against Lily Zhang, the uh, the real local hometown um, hero from uh, from the US. So wow. yeah, so for the first time ever, World Championships being played in the US. In, How about that? In Houston. Yeah. Texas. Houston, USA. That's right. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, no, hopefully there's no problems. No, it's, it's it looks like it's been going running really well, and uh, and boy, there's some interesting stuff happening over there too, Jeff. Oh yeah. Well, let's. I mean, let's talk about the World Championships. Yeah. So it. So this is the individual championships. So they've got um, singles, doubles, and mixed doubles events. So five events. Um, Women's and men's singles, women's and men's doubles. And what do you think about this, just on a tangent, Alice? Because back when you played, it yeah. was like, you know, it was only a World Championships every two years, 
and you played the teams and then the singles and it was like this massive event. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think this is definitely better. I, I remember those um, those world championships where they had the the teams events first and then the singles after that, and it was it was really just a, a matter of you know um, uh, survival um, a lot of the time because the, the teams event itself. You know, you, you you play for five or six days of teams events, and then, um, I mean, for for me, it didn't really matter because you know you didn't play too far into the singles draw. But mm. for the for the top players, you know, they've played a whole uh, host of matches in the teams, uh, and it's an emotional roller coaster. The teams events, and then um, to front up to the uh, singles as well. And in those days, in my day, Jeff. Yes, like the teams events weren't, um, you know, weren't five matches. They would sometimes they were nine or eleven matches. <laughs> so, uh, so you're playing like three singles and doubles against uh, against each country. So, yeah, it's um, it and not changed. only that, matches up to twenty one, I believe. <laughs> yeah, the that, that that's what was easy about it because you only had to play up to twenty one and only have to play a couple of games. Um, <laughs> And most people got bored by by the time the score got to fifteen. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I do like the format of splitting it up, um, and uh, it really show. I, I think it also showcases um, table tennis um, better. Um, yeah, and then way. you get a world championship every year. So one year it's the teams, then one year the singles. Yeah, but Great, uh, but I think there are they are also thinking of t- changes with all of that, but. Anyway, watch this space. Mm. Watch this space. Okay. But, but anyway, talking about the World Championships, um, I guess the first interesting highlight is that Ma Long, the uh, Olympic champion, and maybe, maybe, you know, the uh, greatest of all time now. Um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, How many Olympics has he won? How many worlds has he won? A couple, you know. Yeah. Um, he's almost as good as Waldner. But he... Um, <laughs> he has decided not to play this world championships, Jeff. And um, I think that's, it's taken a bit of the gloss off the, uh, of the men's singles, but at the same time, it's also opened up the field. And especially now, because now there is no Chinese player left in the bottom half of the draw. So, um, well, it was, it was pretty highly stacked on one side. So um, Timo Boll actually beat Zhao Zhihao, who wasn't, highly ranked but you know um when you saw he was the only chinese player in the bottom half you thought well maybe that's that's their hope to uh, to get two chinese players in the in the final but it's not going to happen so uh, uh, for the first time for a long time and i really should have researched that um <laughs> the first time for a long time there won't be two chinese players in the final of the world men's singles championship um yeah wow. so so Fan Zendong, um, still the favourite, number one seed. But on his side, he's got um, Wang Chuqin from China. He's also got Lin Gao Yuan uh, and Liang Jingkun. And, um, yeah, so it's pretty pretty highly highly stacked in that uh, top half. What about the number three seed, Harimoto? Harimoto gone. Harimoto gone. Lost <laughs> Lost in his first match, four three to uh, the Polish uh, Jacob Dias. So um, that must be a big upset. Yeah, and you know, just in general, the Japanese play men have not done well here. They 
In fact, I'm struggling to find one left in the draw in the round of 32. In fact, I don't think there is one, which is just amazing. Oh, no, there is one. Um, Togami. Uh, Togami's still in it, but, you know, certainly not a highly rated uh, Japanese player. Um, and he that he's it for the round of 32 for Japan, you know. And you know, a couple of years ago, we were thinking that Japan was going was the next big force, um, and you know, m- may even be challenging China by this stage. Yeah, so, yeah, that's a that's a big blow for the uh, for the Japanese men. Yeah, very, yeah, very big. So, so yeah. um, what were the seeds in the end? Do we have a list of the seeds somewhere? Uh, yeah, we do. Um, the uh, yeah, Fan Zendong, uh, Fan Zendong was number one. Number uh, one, yep. Yep. Um, Harry Moto was actually number two. Um, oh, Harry Moto was number two. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Calderano is number three. He's still in. Lin Yunju, probably my favourite player now to watch, um, is number uh, four. Um, Lin Gaoyuan, my other favourite player from China, is number five, and then Liang Liang Kun, um, six. Uh, Falk, Matthias Falk, uh, the previous runner-up in the World Championships. Yes. Seven. And and Timo Boll in at number eight. So wow. I think... So I Matthias think, Falk's done pretty well to consolidate from last time and now up to number seven. That must be the highest Sweden's had for a while. Yeah, he's yeah, he's done really well. And there's another young guy um, uh, as well uh, who's who's doing uh, really well. Oh, yeah forgotten his name how can i forget his name anyway um um uh, yeah the other young swedish guy is um still in the in the men's singles as well uh trules morigard sorry ah um, yes yeah 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 he's and uh, interestingly alois i see here hugo calderano is doing quite well and yeah. uh he plays one of your uh famous players cedric uh <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, for long time listeners of the podcast, Alois has been getting some tips from one of our uh, pink yeah. stillers on how to pronounce that correctly. And I was actually watching his match and I'm thinking, I watched his first round with uh, uh, Kamal from um, from India where he won 4 1. And I was just thinking. That's a good win too, isn't it? It is a good win for uh, Nuitink. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, he's uh, so he's through to the third round now and yeah, up against Calderano. So. But yeah, quite a few, quite a few upsets um, in the field, and and you just wonder whether it's you know because players haven't had the opportunity to to train all the way through. Um, you know, Marcos Freitas lost to Benedict Duda today. Mm. Um, yeah, so yeah, quite a few um, few upsets going through. But but Fan Zendong still there at the top of the draw, and you know it, it's hard to back it back against him at this stage. Yes, um, but. Uh, you know, one of those young Chinese guys will be certainly gunning for him. Um, yeah, not, sure. And if not, Calderano will be waiting in the semis for him. So hopefully. I still cannot believe uh, Ma Long is not playing. I mean, that is outrageous. He's just won the Olympics. Yeah. Um, it makes no sense. He's a bit tired, Jeff. He's a bit tired. No, um, something's <laughs> going on. I don't know what's going on. I'm not sure, but that's that's strange. Uh, I, I want to mention one other thing in the men's draw. Um, Kanak Jar from the US, he is a little, little chance to go really deep into this tournament, already into the third round. 
Um, so he's, he beat uh, Anjay Hyun from Korea. He's beat Gatsina um, in the second round. And he's now up against Martin Allegro. I watched Allegro beat Lee Sang Soo earlier today. Um, and kind of Jar's favourite there to go uh, to go into the into the uh, round of 16. So imagine uh, that a US player making the last 16 of the world. That is unbelievable. Yeah. But it's but it's also opened up because uh, he would have then faced Harimoto, who's who's gone down. Um, so that part of the draw has really opened up for Kanak Jar and. Um, I had the I had the honour of uh, doing some commentary with him at the World Junior Championships a couple of years ago when they were in Australia, and he uh, he stepped in the commentary box when he was just a junior. And boy, wow. what a what what a what an impressive uh, character he is. Um, yeah, really really great chap. And uh, I'll be uh, I'll be gunning for him. I'll be I'll be hoping that he gets uh, really deep into this World Championships. Nice, very good, very good. And then, um, uh, so that's that's the men's side. Um, is there any yeah. anything quite as interesting on the women's side? Not not as interesting because yeah, Chen more Chen normal Mung, results. Uh, more normal, yeah. Chen <laughs> Meng is still there and uh, and you know sitting at the top, but but also in that in the women's draw, a couple of the young guns and a couple that that I saw. Again, at that World Junior Championships a few years ago, Wang Man Yu and Chen Xin Tong are both in that top half of the draw. Mm. Um, and gee, I mean, uh, Wang Man Yu in, in particular, I, I really like her style and, and the way she plays. So yeah, it wouldn't be you know, it wouldn't be a million miles away if she um, if she got through. Sun Ying Sha in the bottom half of the draw. Hard to see, um, you know, too many people upsetting. Um, the Chinese there, but yep. also um, Nijia Lian um, from Luxembourg, um, still going strong into the third round as well. She's 54 maybe now, 54 wow. years old. And, yeah, and made it deep into the Olympics as well. So, um, yeah, good, good to see, uh, good to see the women's draw. Um, uh, see, if she's 54, made it deep into the Olympics, backed up for the World Championships. Why can't Ma Long? Oh, he's tired, Jeff. Give him a break. <laughs> no, something's going on. <laughs> I don't like maybe, it. Maybe he's just sick of winning all these big trophies. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That could be it. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, there you go. Well, that's exciting. That's exciting. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so players, uh, and here's my tip of the day coming mm-hmm. up for you. Good. If you haven't already... Get on and watch the World Championships because it's really important to see the best players. If you if you're watching the best players, it, there's a really good um, opportunity to get some good images of what um, good table tennis looks like, and it just subliminally it, it helps your technique. It helps you to to have a, a better um, understanding of what what can work for you. Mm, yeah, I mean yep. I, that, that is important, isn't it? Yeah. There you go. That's that's my tip of the week, Jeff. All right. And and to follow that up, Alice, we're going to move on to the questions. And Excellent. first up is a question from Eugene. And Eugene has said, it's been a super long time since I asked a question. And Well, that's good because it's been a super long time since we've had a show where we could feature such a good question. But he says, I hope you're doing well, especially in the pandemic. But his question is, what are your thoughts on the new side angle introduced by WTT, the World Table Tennis? 
Um, Eugene says, personally, he loves it. As you can see, the strokes and techniques so much clearer now. But he's noticed that a lot of people hate it and are complaining about it. So what do you think, Alois? Is this good or bad for the sport in general? It's definitely dividing. I know that it's dividing. And at first, I hated it, Jeff. <laughs> Didn't like it at all. Um, and, you know, if you ever go to a table tennis match, don't ever sit on the side of the table because it's it's just the hardest angle to watch a match from because uh, you, you're turning your head from side to side and it's hard to track the ball. <laughs> um, but... There's something clean about it too. There's something clean about the 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 way that you can watch the watch the uh, watch the ball travel both sides. You know the the player's not in the way of the ball um, when you're when you're watching, um, but it is it is harder to watch um, overall. I think so. You know, for me, mm. I think it's it's just easier to watch it from behind the table, but there's definitely something clean about watching it from the side of the uh, from the table. There's a bit of a contradiction there. You're saying if you go live, never watch it from there, but you're saying it might be all right with the camera. Mm. I'm not convinced either. I'm not convinced about it. And what I yeah. find a little bit jarring is sometimes now they're kind of switching kind of midpoint with the camera angles or they'll, they'll show a serve and then they'll switch to a side angle. I don't like that. I think during one point, just keep the same angle. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think it's good to have the replays maybe um, yeah. from, from a different angle. Yeah, yeah I don't that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I, I think one, one of the things I, I feel is that when you're watching it on a screen, especially if you're watching it on a smaller screen, mm. it's okay to watch it from the side because your eyes aren't really moving all that far. Um, whereas if you're live at the match and sitting next to the court, you've got to almost turn your head side to side to, to follow the ball. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe maybe that's what it is. But yeah, I don't know. There, uh, I don't think I don't think it's the worst thing in the world anymore. I, I did when it, when when they first started <laughs> showing it. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what the general public feels about it. You know, whether they like that angle or not. Yeah. And I think there is something good, like you said, about switching up camera angles, like for the replay, because it just kind of breaks up the, the vision from being the same all the time. So I like having those different angles. But I think for most, I think for most of the match, you should still have the camera from behind is what I think. But then, I don't know. Like you said, maybe it'll grow on us. Maybe we just need to give it some more time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. But the... The thing I do love is the quality these days of the the picture. It is so crystal clear, and the slow motion that they can get. It's yeah, really, really good to watch. Yeah, the the stream the stream's been ordinary at times, but yes, you're right. Mm. Yeah, all right, great question, uh, Eugene. Thank you for that. Um, now, next up is a question from Bob, and you're gonna love this one, Alois. It's about Samsonov, one of your favourites. He yes. says, hi there, I'm impressed by the longevity and playing style of Vladimir Samsonov. He's an older guy, Bob, and he appreciates his relaxed approach and maintaining his body because he's had so few injuries. And do you think that his playing style contributes to that? And, and Bob says, I'll never be as good as he is, of course, but I wanted to model my game on how, on how 
if I wanted to model my game on his alloys, how would I go about that? Yeah, well, uh, Bob, um, I, I like the way you're thinking. Yeah, Samsonov um, really does play a nice, simple game. You know, he's not trying to do too much. It's He's not trying to complicate things. Um, but he's also got an ex- extremely special talent of, you know, being able to track that ball so well and so early um, to be able to do that as well. But, yeah, I think that relaxed style um, is great. Um, you know, he just he just sits and almost uh, waits and watches the ball and then and then reacts and um, and then plays the best shot he can off off that ball. Um, it is a it is a style that you can emulate and play for a longer time because he's using both sides. Uh, uh, he's using the forehand and the backhand um, equally almost. Um, so, um, you know, the players that are tearing around and trying to hit, you know, extreme forehands all the time or, or stepping around and playing banana flicks and then moving and trying to pivot on the next ball and play a forehand, um, that's a really physical style that is hard, is hard to maintain for a long period of time. But as we saw, I mean, Samsonov was just fantastic for a very, very long time. So, so Bob, um, one, yes, he, I think he's a, he's a really good player for, um, for anyone to, to be able to just watch and try to emulate. Um, as far as how to do that, um, the simplicity is important. So don't, uh, don't try and do too much with uh, with your strokes, but think about more about your placement. Think about um, making good decisions between your backhand and forehand first. So, you know, where, where's the ball coming to? Am I going to play a backhand? Am I going to play a forehand? And then how am I going to place that ball um, best? Or what's the stroke that I'm going to execute that's going to get me the best result? Yeah, and of course, if you're going to emulate Samsonov alloys, you need to throw in a few high toss serves. Oh, don't get me started on high toss serves, Jeff. <laughs> um, yeah, high toss serves are my favourite. Again, for those of you that haven't followed the podcast for a hundred years, um, <laughs> I, I do like the high toss serve. But and Samsonov is is my favourite exponent of the high toss serve. So um, yeah, exactly. Throw in some high toss serves, Bob. Nice, nice. Now. Um, do you think in general, is it a good idea to kind of pick like a, a high level player, like a really top player and try and emulate that? Or does that put too much pressure on you? Or do they do things that you can't do? Or do you think it is good because they've got good technique and maybe, you know, yeah, what do you think in general? Yeah, I think I think it's good to just get some ideas from those top players. And that's why we talked a little bit earlier about, you know, watching the world championships. If you, if you never see the best players doing um, what they do, then it's hard to imagine what is what's possible. Mm. Um, but I think also don't get tied to one player because um, they will have all have their own little um, idiosyncrasies or talents or you know quirks that um, make things work for them. So um, yeah, but but definitely watch players and you know if you've got a favorite player I don't, I don't think that's terrible yeah yeah that's great and and I think that's true of any sport really like here in Melbourne uh, Australian rules football is the number one sport in town it's just massive uh, during the winter it's a, it's a winter sport always on but even now they've just had a draft so that's on the news and I heard um, 
the commentators talking about a young kid that they said he didn't have much access to football because some of it's on pay TV and stuff. And they were just really surprised. They thought, like, you know, every young kid would be just, you know, consuming so much football and just watching it and learning from it. And I think that's true. And it's kind of along the lines of your tip of the day. Just, you know, watch as much of it as you can. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, and that's, yeah, it's definitely going to help you along the along the way to, uh, to just um, improve your game. Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. Um, great question. Thank you, Bob. And next question is from Manfred. And this is a common problem. We've had this question a lot. So, um, Manfred, thanks for bringing it up again. So, Manfred has a recurring problem with his forehand. His opponents often misread his service, and so he gets a high ball with more or less backspin at the middle of the table. But when he attacks it, he often smashes it straight into the net. And and this happens a lot, and he hasn't got a solution for it. So what do you do when you get that high ball with some backspin on it, Alois? Yeah, um, as, as uh, Jeff said, it is a common problem and a common question we get. But um, it, and it's it's it happens a bit, especially as you're improving and, and you're improving things like your serve, and then you do get those higher balls come back to you but often your opponent has has misread it and you know tried to push the ball but the ball's gone up really high and because they've pushed a top spin serve um the ball actually rotates quite quickly and, and actually generates quite a lot of backspin on it so the keys here are firstly respect the ball still so mm-hmm. a lot of the time you see that ball up high and you think oh this is an easy ball and you know you just um, almost get a little bit lazy on it your feet don't move to the ball properly um, and you just swipe at the ball and that backspin on the ball will get you it'll it'll get you grab you and throw that ball straight into the net so you need to think about first respecting that ball making sure you're moving into position and usually that'll mean moving a little bit closer into the table because the ball's sitting up, it's got some backspin, it's going to prop, it's going to stop. Um, so you need to move closer into the table and then play it with a bit of top spin on it so that you're just lifting that ball and counteracting that um, backspin on the ball. Don't feel like just because the ball's up high, you have to hit it hard. You can still think about placing the ball. You can still think about just spinning the ball into a good position. Don't um, don't throw away your advantage uh, by swiping at the ball and just giving the point to your opponent. Keep your advantage, and even if you keep your advantage at you know 70 or 80 percent, it's better than just uh, swiping at the ball and losing the point straight away. So think about spinning the ball, placing it well. And then hopefully that next ball will come back to you fairly normally with a bit of top spin, and that's the one that you can really step in and put away. Yeah, great advice, great advice. And and I guess, you know, you've got to keep your confidence up, don't you? Because um, when you miss the first one, sometimes it can play on your mind and then you start panicking and then you start missing more of them. It can kind of build up pretty quickly that pressure you put on yourself. Yeah, and and you know, and as soon as you you start to doubt yourself on that ball, what what tends to happen is then you swing a bit slower, mm-hmm. and if you swing slower, then that backspin is ha- going to have more effect and really uh, dive into the table. So you need to you know just get in there and play it with a 
good little bit of top spin and spin it up and uh, and get it on the table. Okay, excellent. All right, so hopefully that helps you out, Manfred, and thanks for bringing this up again. Like I said, very common problem, and um, yeah, hopefully those tips help you out. Let us know. All right, uh, next up is a question about the movement of hand versus feet. So um, this, this from, question... From Sonia, yeah. Uh, from Sonia. Sonia says, I have a habit of staying at one place and whenever the ball is far, uh, my natural reflex is that the hand stretches out and my legs don't move. Mm. So Sonia wants to get rid of this habit, and so um, she wants to practice. Um, but what can she do to help in this situation? Yeah. So, so Sonia, the, you've got the idea of, of what's causing the issue, and that is that your your feet aren't moving into position first. So, so to, again, similar to the previous question, it's about moving you into position first with your legs, and then playing your stroke. The natural reaction of of all of us is as soon as we see that ball um, out wide, is we want to uh, stick our bat out and try to try to get to it. Especially if you feel like the ball's coming reasonably fast at you. Um, the natural thing is just, you know, throw your bat out um, sideways and try to try to hit that ball back. So, um, so the first thing is to st to stop that um, natural uh, reaction and make the natural reaction the feet moving first. So, mm -hmm. in training, what you want to do is start a bit slower, get that ball out wider to you, and focus on the the feet moving and then play the stroke almost almost um hold your bat uh close to your body and don't allow it to go outside of your body um at all and then only when you're in position are you allowed to play a stroke um, as i said do it slowly but do it wide with a lot of movement and then you can start to increase the speed um, and uh and see if you can still cope the other really important part here is don't just do it um, side to side where you know the ball's going to go from one side to the other because then you'll start cheating and creeping across um, and uh, it'll be much easier for you to move into position well. So you need to get your partner to play the ball to either side and wide. So you've got to recognise where the ball's coming first, move your legs and then play your stroke. So it's it's a it's a bit of a stepping uh, uh, stepping process mm. no pun in, no pun intended but, um, <laughs> of, uh, of being able to yeah. move first and then and then play okay so uh, so yeah i guess you've got to develop that skill of being able to move correctly first don't you so that's where you would use like one to the middle one out wide one to the middle one out wide just to develop that uh that technique of moving and then that's you right. extend that once you've got that technique down and that could take a while to learn anyway couldn't it and then you extend that by then having them put it either spot and you've got to you've got to move into position not knowing where the ball's going yeah yeah exactly yeah. so yep it's all part of uh part of that stepping process of of um of developing your skills um you know to a stage where then it does become um a skill that you can use in a game situation but you need to start in the training hall and um, just gradually increase uh, the level of difficulty. Yeah, good. And we, we have a, a series, the seven building blocks of table tennis that um, actually takes you through um, 
all different levels about how to get better. I think that's a really good um, good video that, that we made, Alice, if I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> it might be yes. helpful in, in, you know, for anyone that's wanting to improve. Yeah, I, it, yeah, I think it just, uh, yeah, as you said, gives you a good, clear idea of the steps of uh, how to improve your skills. Yeah, 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 exactly. Because we do get a lot of questions like, how do I improve and, and how do I practice this? And it really is a matter of breaking it down. And so I'll put a link in the show notes that the seven building blocks of table tennis. So check that out. Uh, excellent. Well, Alois, can you believe that is uh, the questions for today? Ah, fantastic. I hope uh, hope we've uh, given you some pearls of wisdom there. Indeed, indeed. Now, but, but yes. Jeff, like you know, if I if I remember right, my favourite part of the show still hasn't happened. <laughs> and the favourite part of your show is OMG facts. That's it. You got it. Okay. I, I hope you've got some. I, I'm re- I've got some ready to go. Are you Are you ready? I'm I'm definitely ready for OMG facts. Okay, here you go. If you wear a ring, the number of germs living beneath it could be as high as the entire population of Europe. No. Yes, just underneath your ring. No. Yes, that Europe. many germs. It's a fact. OMG fact. Europe's got a lot of people. <laughs> now, here's even something even more amazing. If the population of China began walking past you in a single file, the line would never end because of the rate of reproduction. What? <laughs> it's hard to even imagine what they're talking about there. But what? If the population of China began walking past you in a single file, the line would never end because of the rate of reproduction. They're having so many new Chinese born that... The line would never end. My goodness, that's that. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh my goodness. OMG facts. Wow. Um, are you but, sure? It's like, it, has that been fact checked? <laughs> of course it has, because it's in OMG facts. <laughs> A dime has 118 ridges around the edge. Yeah, not so interesting. And here's one. Red hair is the rarest human hair colour. Only 1% to 2% of the population are redheads. My sister was a redhead. She's special. She is. There you go. 1% to <laughs> 2%. Yeah, no, well, that's that's not such an OMG fact. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a <laughs> fact. That's just a fact. Not All like right. not like that. the line of Chinese table tennis players walking past you. Mm. All right. Well, last one. Tell me whether this is interesting or not. The man who took the famous photo of the Wright brothers' first flight had never seen a camera before that day. No. First photo. I don't believe that. (laughs) It's a goodie. It's a good photo. There you go. OMG facts. Well, there you go. Definitely that line of Chinese people walking past is... My favourite for the day. I'll be. <laughs> there you go. Now, um, in in other news on the podcast, we used to have a segment, Alice, and I've forgotten about this as well. <laughs> and and um, it was inspired by the Who Am I cards. Right. 
Yes, and we would have yeah. a Who Am I? Yes, we did used to have that, didn't we? Well, and people I, well, would have to go into competitions and enter the Who Am I competition, and um, Who Am I episode four yep. is still going. <laughs> From, from the last podcast. Did did anyone guess it? Who am I? I have, maybe, I haven't even checked. Who am I? I finished as high as fourth in, at a World Cup. First represented at the World Champs in 2008. Have a career 68% in national singles win-loss record. That's probably changed from eight months ago. <laughs> uh, if they're still playing, or maybe they're not still playing. In 2011, I won 82% of my singles. In 2012, I represented my country at the Olympics. Play for the U.S. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think so, there's currently 53 entries, so, you know, maybe get some more entries in. Yes, and, okay. And we'll so this is... the next website and figure out what is going on with this competition. <laughs> <laughs> i got to remember who it is. I think we might have even mentioned the person today, but anyway. <laughs> uh, uh, because... You can also win one hour of online coaching or a month's Ping Skills Premium membership. Yes. Pretty exciting. It is exciting. Get on it. Get, Get on, on it. it. Exactly. What a what a competition. Who am I? Episode four. If we really, is this only the fourth one? I was picturing we'd have like all these episodes yeah. and we could actually make a game out of it and we could you know put all the questions into something and. Well, not just yet. No. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Anyway, yeah. it's good to be back having the podcast, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. And, I've um, enjoyed it. I don't know if any of the listeners will. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's been good. Yeah, no, there's there's definitely um, uh, uh, we need to we need to get onto that um, that uh, uh, competition, uh, yes. the Who Am I competition. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll, let's just give them another week um, to uh, to get their entries in. Definitely. Ah, very good. Well. Once again, thank you to everyone who is listening. I know it's been a long time, but we are back. We're going to be doing more. We've got a lot planned. Some more videos on the way. It's going to be exciting times for Ping Skills. Um, So thank you for listening. And, of course, thank you, Alois, for all your wise words. No problems. And, uh, yeah, make sure you get on and watch the World Championships. You might see the person that, uh, that uh, that is the Who Am I. Good hint. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. Catch you next week. Bye.